Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, how are you today? I'm great, Owen. Thanks to everyone for tuning in, whether they're watching or listening. You know, the other day we had a the longest debate yet on the player and pitcher of the week. Yeah, it was a very good week for many players in the FCBL, but two Starfires ended up coming on top. Jaden Brown, who hit 500 this week, and Noah Lewis, who was exceptional on Sunday, throwing seven innings of no-hit baseball, ended up with eight innings of two-hit baseball, but just a great performance from both of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. He took a no-no into the eighth. We saw Wyatt Scotty go seven. You know, seeing the pitchers go deeper and deeper into games as we're getting further into the summer is super fun to watch, and uh, there's a lot of great baseball to be played right now. Yeah, there is a lot of great baseball that's been played over the last couple weeks. The Rocks and the Sea Unicorns are at the top of the standings right now. Johnny, what else have you seen? Yeah, you're right. The Sea Unicorns have found themselves right tied for the most wins. They're just a half game back of Brockton as we're recording this on Tuesday before the week ahead. Pittsfield sits right up there with them at 13-9. and nine, And Worcester and Westfield are, uh, are right climbing up and uh, trying to make, make a case for themselves as everyone's getting more, more and more players back. Yeah, you talk about Worcester. We had their starting shortstop, Dakota Harris, on this podcast episode. Dakota, really interesting player. He's had family ties to the FCBL and really excited to see him playing as well as he has to start the year. Yeah, with Dakota, we talked about how his expectations for himself with uh, being the everyday shortstop for for a top-tier uh, team like Worcester, you know, with their with their success they've had over the years, it's uh, it's certainly a big responsibility. Yeah, it is a big responsibility, and it's also a big responsibility for us to get to this episode. So without further ado, we present our episode with Dakota Harris. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest, who has gotten a ton of reps at Fit and Field this summer. It's Dakota Harris of the Worcester Bravehearts. Dakota, how are you today, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Yeah, good to hear. We're really excited to have you on. And to get right into it, the Bravehearts organization has set the bar high for long-term success here in the FCBL. So what does it mean to be their everyday shortstop? Um, it's really exciting. I mean, got a lot of talent on the team. So to be the shortstop every single day playing behind uh, such, such a good pitching staff, it's really just an honor. Yeah, so is that the plan from your coach, uh, Al Corbiel, as the, and the rest of the staff then at Polk State? Um, because you're certainly get a, getting a lot of ABs and a lot of reps. Yeah, so at first it was uh, we were going back and forth of whether or not I should just train over the summer or whether or not I should play. But uh, through talking to them, they thought it would get me ready for pro ball. So I just decided to uh, stick to it, and I'm glad to be here. And we're glad to have you. And we'll get to your college experience shortly. But first, what have been your first impressions of Worcester and Hanover Insurance Park and the Futures League overall? It's great. I mean, can I'm, I know there's not as many uh, – fans as they have had in the past, but still there's more fans than uh, the college games, but it's still a lot of fun. So when you talk about getting ready for Pro Bowl, whether it was going to be training or, you know, getting reps in game, which you are doing, you're, you're getting reps against great competition out there. What went into those decisions and, and why, why'd you choose this one? Um, so I'm still, I'm still training. I have a trainer over at the strength house and I'm still getting faster. And that's like the biggest thing. They're like, you can still train while playing and, uh, Obviously, my body isn't in as good a shape as it was at the beginning of the season, but like you mentioned, pro ball, like their bodies don't feel good every day, but they got to learn how to play through it. And 
I've learned that it's more of like a mental task than it is physical, to be honest. And are you training that hair too? <laughs> no. Yeah, this is a pretty big uh, hair episode for the podcast. So we're, we're all really excited for this one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My parents I, don't like it, but I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, that's all of us at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we know you've probably heard a thing or two about the FCBL. Both of your brothers came through the Bravehearts organization. Dylan played for Worcester from 14 to 16 and was with the Reds organization. Dustin played in 2018. He won the Adam Keenan Award and is now a member of the Ranger organization. So what was it like growing up around those two? And what are the most important lessons that they've taught you? Um, they've taught me to uh, just continue to work hard. Whether you're doing good or bad, just stay level-headed and be consistent with it. Don't get too high, don't get too low, but just continue pushing forward. That's the biggest lesson that they continue to tell me to this day. And were they the ones that ultimately pushed you to join Worcester? How did you get in contact with Worcester about joining the Bravehearts? Um, I think it, a lot of it was uh, Dylan. Dylan was big into uh, helping me get here and was big into pushing it. He thought it really helped his career, so he wanted me to. You know, you end up in Worcester, you kind of have to choose Worcester. <laughs> it it yeah. probably felt like um, if you're coming to the FCBL, but what's your relationship like with Coach Dion and the staff down there? Oh, they're great. They're always there for early work. They're always helping us out, doing whatever we want and really whatever we need to do to get better. If we need an off day, we just say, hey, Coach, I'm not feeling too good. Actually, we say Dion. If you say Coach, we get fine. So I got to remember that. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a new one. Haven't yeah. heard that one yet. Hold on, we'll be right back to Dakota Harris. But first, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net, or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, just by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports. Dot com. Now back to Dakota Harris. So uh, we heard from Donnie and the, the rest of the, the press box staff up there that you're the first one on the field almost all the time. Uh, you eat, sleep and breathe the game. How, how much do you cherish these moments, you know, leading into an, a new stage of your career? Yeah, it's a, it's special. I know that you can't take every day for granted. It's exciting. I, like I said earlier, you can't see as many fans. Like I don't see as many fans. I'm getting used to it now, but it's just, I remember being that little kid out there watching my brothers play and just looking up to them. And uh, when I see them in the stands, it's like, I think it might've been Kobe. that was like, if someone's in the stands paying to watch you, like you got to perform to the best of your ability. So it's one of those things, just go to the field. I obviously, I love it. It's something I've been doing my whole life. And like I mentioned earlier, my brothers just tell me to stay consistent. So I try and get to the field early, get my work in and perform on the field. Well, it's certainly not going unnoticed. So this spring at Pol Polk State, you didn't it didn't go unnoticed either. He hit 289, you knocked in almost 50 runs, and you swiped over 20 bags. 
how much uh, did you actually get to play in 2020 with COVID and everything? And did you know you're going to get so much playing time this spring? Yeah. So in 2020, we played nine games in my senior year of high school. We were nine and zero, heading to our tenth game against Mitchell, which is another team that was nine and zero. And we got the call that this thing COVID was coming along, and at that point, we were all clueless. We were just excited to get a longer spring break and didn't know it was going to be my last high school game. So uh, that was definitely tough. And uh, going into the spring, I knew that Corbeil had plans for me to uh, play every day. So I just had to prepare for that over last summer. So I worked with a trainer back home and got ready for the season. Yeah, and certainly the transition from high school to college couldn't be easy, especially with COVID. But what was it like generally? What did you learn from whether it was your brothers or your teammates at Polk State that led to your success this season? Um, like I said, just to keep pushing forward, there was a stretch at the beginning of the season where I was really struggling. Never really struggled like that in my life. And it was tough. Like, leaving the games, I was just, like, hanging my head like, man, this, this sucks. This is tough. And I just kept uh, – called my brothers after the game. They're like, dude, you just got to keep going. You got to keep working hard and just trust the process. And uh, I tried doing that as well as I could and ended up not doing too shabby. Yeah, absolutely. It's about certainly about how you respond. So another process, you know, the one off the field, what was the recruit process like? How'd you end up at Polk State? Did you always want to, did you always know you're, you're going to uh, play Juco and uh, did COVID change any of that? Well, once I saw Dustin got drafted out of a junior college, I saw that he uh, didn't have too many offers out of high school, and he went to a JUCO and did real well for himself. I saw that in my junior high school, and that's what I wanted to do. I knew that uh, I needed more at-bats lefty because I hadn't been switch hitting for so long, and just get more at-bats in the fall and spring at a junior college, and I thought that would be the best fit, especially with Coach Corbeil, great coach over there and Coach Rogers has definitely helped me out a lot. Yeah, and certainly they've had a number of successful years. They've won six Suncoast Conference championships. Did that factor at all into your decision, and what's it like being part of that success? Oh, for sure. That's that's what it's about. It's about winning. It's a blue-collar program. You get in, you put the work in, and you get out what you put in. And it's just one of those things. Like They're always preaching, getting to the field, having your routine, like making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing so you can help the team win. All right, so I don't know if you know this, but a lot of D3 guys up here, like myself, we love heading down to the Winter Haven area where you play, where you grew up. We love uh, going down there for spring break and love playing at those fields in, in Auburndale and uh, mm. and at the Land of Lakes area. Uh, how do you compare those year-round fields to the ones that you play on up here? The fields year-round in Florida, I'd say they're always pretty good. Sometimes they get a little hard, but they do a great job down there of getting the field ready to play every day. And uh, over in Worcester at the Bravehearts, their field's always great. I think it's a great playing surface. Some of the other ones aren't so great, but uh, you just got to play through it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we know you are you throw righty, which is boring. Nobody really cares about that. But you're a switch hitter. Yeah. Uh, when did you first start switch hitting? Uh, I'd start, I started when I was about nine, probably just playing wiffle ball. And then my dad just started throwing to me in the cages, told me to hit lefty. And, Kept doing it. I actually didn't fully start hitting lefty off of righties until I think it was my sophomore, junior year of high school. So that's why that's another reason why I went to a junior college to get more ABs. 
So I think you just alluded to it. Your right side seems to be your natural side. Do yeah. you hit better for power or average on one side versus the other? Like what's your preference when you're going up to the plate? I, I probably have a little more power uh, righty, but I think it transfers over to the game. Like lefty, I have enough power. You know what I'm saying? Like I can still hit the ball gap to gap, can hit it out occasionally. So I don't think it's too big of a difference. Did something lead to that decision sophomore year of high school, like you said, when you finally said you're, you're going to start swinging lefty against righties? Yeah, so up until that point, I would probably get like two at-bats a game lefty and two righty just to, just to keep it even. But then as it got to that point in my sophomore year, it was like, dude, in college, you're going to be switch hitting every day. You're going to hit lefty more. So just start now. So that's when I really just decided to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. And we've seen the power this season a little bit, but if you were in the home run derby, if you were chosen to come up for the Bravehearts, which side are you hitting on? Uh, probably depends on the field. If we're at Nashville, I'm hitting righty. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah I, I guess I didn't think of that when I was writing that question. You do have to pick the field. What, what if you're at Fenway? Are you trying to sneak it around the pole or are you trying to go over the monster? I think the monster would be pretty sweet just to say hit it over the monster. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that That's the dream right there is yeah. hitting it over the monster. And back to this season a little bit, what's your routine over the course of a week in Futures League ball? We're recording this on Tuesday, which comes after an off day. So walk us through a week in the life of Dakota in terms of baseball. So I wake up, I go to the strength house at nine o'clock. I get back home probably around 1130 get something for breakfast, take a nap, and then I get to the field around 2 o'clock, get some early work in, relax in the locker room, and then hit BP on the field. After BP, go to Quidoba or something, get something to eat, and then get ready for the game. What's the order at Quidoba? Get a burrito with just about everything on it except for, like, those hot peppers. Yeah, that's that's how to get fired up for a game right there. Tough on a hot day to have hot peppers. <laughs> And before we get to our final segment, how about a message to Braveheart fans? Uh, thank you guys for coming out. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. You guys are the best fans out there. And uh, go Hearts. Yeah, go Hearts indeed. More and more people start getting to the ballpark. We're really excited to see it here as we get more and more into the summer. Before we return to our interview with Dakota Harris, we want to share a message from our friends at On Demand Storage. Are you tired of living in clutter? Do you need more space around your home or office? Are you sick of visiting your self-storage unit? Does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On-demand storage will pick up your items directly from your location and put them in storage for you. When you want something put back, give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's on-demand storage, all one word, dot com. We now return to our interview with Dakota Harris, and we now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field head of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So Dakota, we've got a couple more questions for our audience to get to know you better. Is that cool? Yeah, for sure. All right, let's do it. Favorite baseball teammate that you've ever played with? Baseball teammate, uh, Carter Geyer. What did Carter mean to you? Where, where did he play with you? He's actually a second baseman at Polk. He's uh, just a great guy, always helping me. Just We're always in early work together. He's actually going to be my roommate next year. 
That's awesome. And yeah, we, we got to go with the roommate. That's been the common theme for players in this pod. Yeah. And then how about favorite ballpark you've played in and one that you've attended as a fan? My favorite one I played in is probably jet blue back in Florida. And then the, my favorite one I attended, I went to my first uh, game at Fenway last week and that was sweet. So gotta be there. That's awesome. Yeah. We love Fenway yeah. park and about jet blue. So you've played in jet blue. So did you ever yeah. hit one over the, the, quote unquote monster at JetBlue? No, no, I haven't. Not yet, at least. That's a that's a correct answer right there is not yet. And how about a sports stadium or sporting event that's on your bucket list? Hmm. Fenway was real was really high up there. But uh now that that's off, I don't really know. Maybe I'd like to go to Wrigley Field. Yeah, Wrigley Field's been a popular season three answer. And and again, as I said, I'd, I'd love to go to that park too, for sure. Yeah. And how about favorite big league team and big league player, whether it's current or historical? My favorite big league team, I've got to say the Rays, just because it's where I'm from. And uh, my favorite player has been Brandon Crawford. Yeah. So is Chris Crawford someone you model your game after? Or if you were to pick another major leaguer, who do you try and model your game after as a shortstop or as a switch hitter? Yeah, definitely. I definitely like watching uh, Brandon Crawford, just the way he carries himself. He's very consistent in the field and he's a bigger shortstop. So I definitely try and take some stuff from him, but also like a lot of the new school guys, I, I see the stuff they do, but I like watching, I like watching guys like Alex Rodriguez back when he was a shortstop or Omar Vizquel, even Francisco Lindor now, like it's awesome. A lot to learn from those guys. Yeah, definitely. There seems to be a plethora of shortstops right now that yeah. uh, that are great role models. So at Fit and Field, what's your walk-up music this year? Uh, it's Sunday Best. Awesome. And are you superstitious, whether it's on a game day or watching a game or anything with baseball? No, not really. I just go about my business and know that whatever happens is going to happen. And when you're attending a game as a fan, what's what, what are you getting at the concession stand? What's your ballpark food? I, I like Dippin' Dots a lot. That's like the best ballpark snack or ice cream that there is, in my opinion. So definitely Dippin' Dots. And boiled peanuts. I like boiled peanuts just like during the game, except I was talking to my teammates the other day, and they don't even know what those are. So that's kind of crazy to me. I don't know if I know what those are. I don't. Yeah, me either. Like, can you describe those a little bit? I'm not sure what those are either. It's, just, it's a peanut, except like it, you boil it in water, and usually there's like some Cajun seasoning. They're really good. I I think it might just be big in Florida or something. I I was shocked when you guys didn't know what that was. I'm gonna have to give those a shot then. I like yeah. Cajun. <laughs> when you're playing, are you a bubblegum guy or a sunflower seeds guy at all? Probably not bubblegum, but usually maybe like some mint gum or something is what I'll chew on. And I don't like eating sunflower seeds and like spitting it on the clay just just because I don't wanna I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a huge Seeds fan either. Owen's a big one, so he probably didn't like that answer. And what about uh, what's an all-time favorite baseball memory? Probably in high school, we were in uh, the district championship when we uh, won on a walk-off. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. That's that's yeah. the stuff you'll never forget. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Well, Dakota, that's all we have for you. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with everything, and we can't wait to see you and the Bravehearts at Hanover Insurance Park all season long. Yes, thank you guys for having me. Have a good one. 
Hey, you too. And this has been episode 14 of season three of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.